What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Let's find out how Peter Tabbins feels about it. He's the MPP for Toronto Danforth in the legislature and the NDP's energy and climate change critic. Peter, how you doing? John, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm likewise fine, thanks. So, I mean, uh, have you weighed in the balance the two plans on offer, notwithstanding that the NDP may or may not have their own plan? Well, we do have our own plan, but I... I said for a long time that the Trudeau plan was entirely inadequate. It was based on Stephen Harper's targets, uh, which were completely off off base, uh, but they're not even meeting those. And what Scheer has brought forward is even weaker than what Trudeau's brought forward. I, you know, the, you have two bad plans there, uh, with Scheer's plan, I guess, being even worse. Well, Scheer's plan is that, uh, you know, he wants to retrofit. He's talking about tech, not taxes. So he'd scrap the carbon tax, uh, feeling that, you know, maybe people with green in their genes and uh, really hitting the big emitters and having that money put into a trust fund to uh, help with green initiatives and so on and so forth. Uh, Yeah, but John, it's all vague, vague, vague stuff. Well, how good is a liberal plan if they're going to stop at $50 on a ton by 2022, as I said in my preamble? I think they have a terrible plan. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, and and again, carbon taxes... I tell you what, the Liberals think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, the Tories think it's the worst thing. Me, I think it's uh, a useful tool in a much bigger toolbox, um, and everyone's focused on that, and that's a mistake because you actually have to talk about investment. You have to talk about regulation, uh, and that's where you're going to make a difference. And I don't see either the Tories or the Liberals actually doing what it's going to take to deal with this crisis and protect Canadians, protect our homes uh, and our cities. Ain't going to happen with the two of them. Well, you talk about regulation, for example, the idea that uh, the Liberals are promoting a cleaner fuel uh, regulation, you know, to reduce, I guess, the density uh, in fossil fuels by 10, 12 percent. Yeah. Andrew Scheer calls that a tax, is it? No. Why not? Because when you change the regulation, if I tell you that uh, the light bulbs you put in have to be high-efficiency bulbs. That's not a tax. It right. just simply isn't. And, and it's but he same. says it's going to increase the price of fuel. Well, it may or may not. Well, it depends. Yeah. If you've got relatively inexpensive biofuels, then it's going to be less expensive. If you've got uh, a war in the Middle East and the cost of gasoline goes up and biofuels are cheaper, it's not going to make for more expensive fuel. Uh, you know, Shear is just scrambling. He's just trying to cover himself because he's got junk for a plan. That's all there is to it. He's got to say something. So he said something. And anyone who actually follows this won't give any credibility to what he's brought forward. And frankly, if you look at the liberal plan, um, it's hardly or it's somewhat better than what China and Russia are doing. Uh, It is bad news. It is just not going to protect us. And people need to be aware of that. You've got two bad actors yelling at each other. Neither of them actually committed to protecting Canadians, protecting our homes and our families. Well, maybe uh, Andrew Scheer has a sense for uh, the appetite for being taxed or having to meet certain regulations that would impose higher costs. That's the argument. In fact, there was a study that came out earlier this week. I think 57 percent of Canadians are in favor 
of uh, addressing climate change until they have to pay for it. Uh, they're willing to pay up to 100 bucks on an annual basis, which isn't very much. Uh, after that, uh, it drops the support for any kind of initiative, drops appreciably. So what does that tell you? Well, what it tells me is that a lot of people have not been presented with the other argument, which is how much is climate change going to cost you? If your house gets flooded out, if uh, if you have to abandon your cottage because fires are moving in, uh, in Northern Ontario, we've got Pecanjicum being evacuated for the second time so far this year. People are looking at really heavy costs from this climate crisis. It is going to affect uh, our savings, our pensions, our ability to lead decent lives. And again, John, you're always focusing back on uh, these liberal and conservative debates around carbon taxes when the much bigger picture is, so how are we going to make sure that our homes are energy efficient so we can cut our energy costs and cut our emissions? Okay, but here, let me use your analogy of a flooded house. Let's just say your neighbor has got the fire hose going full time at the base of your home, and uh, you're trying, you've done everything, the weeping tiles, and uh, you fortify the bricks and mortar and so on and so forth, but the flood keeps coming unabated. is it something that maybe we ought to address with the neighbor? Well, we should. In other actually. words, China, India, the U.S. of A. I mean, we're, you know, less than 2% of a, a global emissions uh, pie, and, and yet we're going to beggar our own economy. And, yeah, uh, I know you really like that argument a lot. And, I do. And, I, I can't see any way around it. It's such a logical argument. Yeah, but there are big flaws in it. First of all, <laughs> Canada's in, in the top 10 emitters in the world. Oh, come on. Uh, it is. No, well, listen, what it are you is. saying, on a per capita basis, because we're no, huge geographically? Emissions. Our total emissions. Top 10. So what would then... If we're only 2% or 1.6%, everything else is negligible? China, no, the U.S., no. India? It, it, the U.K. is about 2%. Mm. France is about 2 or 3%. You start getting all those middle countries like Canada, mm. and soon you're talking 10 or 20% of the global burden. Until you're addressing China, India, and the United States, it's yeah. shoveling sand against the time. And what do you say to them? We're not going to do anything? I mean, well, no, get your own house in order. Well, that's what Andrew Scheer is talking about, exporting technologies, green technologies, and getting credit for that, getting the Chinese to buy in. Well, I I believe that that's an initiative worth pursuing as much as anything you're talking about. I think it's a great idea to develop green tech. You really have to do it. Okay, well, that's what he's saying. You're actually investing in the country, and you're supporting people to build the businesses, make the investments. That's what he's talking about, big emitters, it goes into a fund, and then you build green tech. He's talking about a fantasy. He is not actually going to put the money into the economy, put the money into people's homes and businesses to allow them to cut their emissions. And if you don't do that, all the rest really is just sales, advertising. Mm. Because if you're not taking on the issue, you actually aren't going to have the industrial critical mass to produce the products. You're not going to have the research and the intellectual critical mass to develop those products. Peter, what about growing more trees? I mean, a carbon sink uh, we can offset. We'll be the country of offsets. I think it's a great idea for us to build more trees, but it is not enough. Thank you. By the way, Peter Tabbins is with us, the NDP's energy and climate change critic. Let me just pivot then to trees being mowed down. I don't know if you heard about this Roxodus Music Festival. It was supposed to take place, I guess, from today uh, through the weekend. And uh, what they did, there's 18 hectares of woodlands that were cleared without the proper permits or prior approval up there, uh, I guess, in Simcoe County. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that, John. So, I mean, how do people get away with this kind of stuff? 
Well, the same way they get away with all kinds of other stuff. They do it when authorities aren't looking and they hope they can get away with it. But they should be prosecuted. They should be forced to pay for restoration. Well, right, and that could run into the several millions of dollars, could it not? It could. Okay, well, we're on the same page as far as that is. Uh, Ten hectares uh, of environmentally sensitive wetlands were either cleared, filled, or drained in preparation for this big festival that was canceled, I guess, just uh, about a week or so ago. Yeah. No, the the guys really caused a lot of damage, and we're stuck with the bill. So uh, who is that on? Is it the local MPP, or uh, who else should be monitoring this? Well... From the article I read, and John, you may know more than me, it looks like it's the local municipality. And so it's the local municipality that has been done in, and I think it's up to them to actually go and prosecute the, the event organizers and get the money back to do the restoration. That's who it is. Is environmental law stringent enough in this province? In general, I would say no, and certainly the Ministry of the Environment has been under-budgeted for a long, long time. Um, But in this case, you're talking about a municipality that has to enforce its local laws, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're stretched pretty thin as well. All right. Uh, The Nottawasaga Valley Conservation Authority are, are the people who are in charge in Simcoe County. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.